FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 392 on the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! It's a flashback episode, and I'm your host, Jason. I want my, I want my, I want my XTV. <laughs> Minimal. <laughs> that was a terrible sting via Dire Straits impersonation, but you know, you get what you pay for, which is not much. <laughs> But yeah, this is going to be a uh, flashback episode on the Crunch Conundrum, which uh, happens in Wolverines 51 through 53. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I don't know how long of an episode it'll be. I have a lot to say kind of at the front, and then kind of have less and less to say as it goes on, I feel like, but you you never know. Sometimes I surprise myself at what I think I'm going to say and what I actually end up saying. Because <laughs> while I do homework and prepare and take notes, it's not scripted. So sometimes I get off, off script a little bit or off track or whatever. But um, yeah, so we're going to cover Wolverine 51 through 53. Which, you know, coming right out of Wolverine 50, right? Um, pretty exciting stuff. And we'll see kind of where we decide to go next with Mr... Larry Hammer. So, Hammer time. Yep. Wolverine 51. Crunch Conundrum Part 1. Heartbreak Motel. Is written by Larry Hammer. Guest pencils by Andy Kubert. Inks by Dan Green. Letters by Pat Brousseau. Colors by Steve Buccellato. And the cover is also by Andy Kubert. And this is a great cover. Um, so we have like a red background with the big Wolverine banner, you know, title font across the top. Then, you know, kind of diagonally across the top right corner, we have the Crunch Conundrum, one of three in a little banner. And then on the bottom, we have some rubble and a pile of, well, it's a small pile of bodies. It's, it's someone... That based on the inside, I think is Shin Chin, and then Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike, and then on top of that pile is with shirt and pants torn. We have a howling Wolverine, his back arched backwards, his claws in the air. Cry of madness is the the lettering on the cover, and he's got like a. We'll find out it's, it's like a VR suit, but it's very reminiscent of the Weapon X stuff, which, of course, that was also VR, right? And they, and Larry Hama talks about that in the story, but we have those kind of on him, the VR boxes, you know, the Ghostbuster traps, and then the helmet, like, hanging off of his neck, like, behind him, and he's just arching back, just howling. It's a, it's a really nice cover. It looks really good. Um, so what happens in part one? Well... Wolverine flies to the highest threat level of the danger room with the greatest of ease. 
Professor X suggests he try a VR session for a real challenge. Xavier and Forge are worried that Wolverine's personality has changed since he had some of his memory blocks and Canada removed. So they want to push him to the edge here in the safety of the danger room to see how he'll react. You know, I figure better to find out now than out in real life, right? At least we can control it here. It's a controlled experiment, right? So a Wolverine virtually slices and dices his way through a digital Shinjin and Ogun before Deathstrike and Sabretooth are mixed in. You know, Professor X is like the, the mix master up in the sound booth. <laughs> and so he, he uh, pulls in a little Sabretooth, a little Deathstrike, you know, pulls the faders up, they, they pop in. Um, Wolverine goes feral but still has combat-trained instincts. That kind of scares Xavier and Forge. Also intrigues them. You know, it's scary and intriguing. Um, anyway, he howls and growls as he cuts down his video foes in just over four seconds. Storm and Cyclops get upset with Xavier over the exercise. They don't feel like it's right to try to make Wolverine go berserk on purpose, and they're not real happy about it. By the way, would expect that from Storm. I'm I'm glad to see that and remember a time when Cyclops was equally as concerned um, about Wolverine. And I like the way Hama writes Cyclops and Wolverine. So there you go. Uh, do, 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 do. Lost my place here. Oh yeah, and Jubilee is also worried. Not she's not as much mad or upset, just really concerned. And um. You know, Xavier also wonders if they just now have, the, after all this time, the quote-unquote true Wolverine. Like, is this how he's going to be? Now, now that he's starting to get some of his real memories back, is this his true personality? So, uh, following his session, Wolverine blows off Jubilee to go play pool at a dive bar. So, you kind of see the cracks, right, in the, t in the tension of, you know, their relationship. Jubilee's kind of stuck around, joined the X-Men, because of her relationship with Wolverine, kind of that, that uncle-niece almost relationship, and now he's almost like too, I don't know, too something to have time for her. Um, so, so that's definitely bothering her a little bit. Um, at the bar, he meets the blonde and goes back to, to her hotel room. Meanwhile, Jubilee gets antsy and rollerblades all the way into town to look for him. So from the mansion into Salem Center, I'm assuming that's at least a few miles, right? But she just, she pops her rollerblades on and, and scoots on into town. So, he's not at the bar. So she just kind of rides around, or rollerblades around. And she spots his uh, motorcycle at the motel. So she snoops around, and she sees Jean Grey come out of the room. Right, it's one of those motels with the doors on the outside, right? <laughs> not, not on the inside. The outside facing hotel rooms. Um, but she sees Jean Grey come out and get a Coke from the vending machine. And that makes her upset that, uh, you know, the idea that Wolverine and Jean Grey are having an affair, um, you know, sneaking off to hotel rooms to spend the night together, makes her pretty mad. Um, so she storms off, right? Or rollerblades off in a huff. But as we see as Jean re enters the room, from our point of view, Logan gets mad and tells her to be herself, revealing Mystique. So Logan reveals he knew all along 
You know, because she can look like what she wants, but she can never hide her scent. Which, that may get retconned later. I don't remember. Because I feel like at some point, Mystique takes on, like, her... Whatever she portrays almost to, like, a, a molecular level, which would indicate that maybe she would actually smell different, and Wolverine wouldn't be able to recognize her distinct, unique Mystique scent, but... Either I'm remembering that wrong, or at least it hasn't been introduced yet. But at this point, Wolverine, you know, could smell her at the bar. Um, but he played along. Just to have fun. But also because he could smell the fear on her. So he could not only smell Mystique, he could smell fear. And he wanted to kind of figure out what she was so scared of. What had her so afraid? Mystique's not one to spook easily. So Mystique sa says... <coughs> Shifley, sure, sure. And we're like, sure, sure. Um, no, Mystique says that simply she's afraid of, quote-unquote, her. Meanwhile, back in the sewers, Albert has finished repairing LCD and the stealth jet. He's been a busy android. Um, so they take the hunter in darkness, who they've kind of adopted as their pet dog, and they fly off. Uh, meanwhile, Jubilee returns home to find Jean Grey jogging and gives her a big old bear hug for not really being at the hotel or motel with Wolverine. <laughs> so, that can not be in two places at once. It must have been a shapeshifter. Why, well, I can just punch her in the face, but I'll hug you. I'm so happy. And so, uh, yeah. So, Wolverine, back at the hotel, figures out uh, who Mystique is afraid of. And he says her name, and it brings into the room Spiral. Alright. So, um, <clears throat> as awesome as the cover is, and it's awesome, this title page is poster worthy. I mean, you take off some of the words, and it's this image of, of Andy Kubert's Wolverine slicing his way through some danger room robots. The robots look badass. Wolverine looks just totally awesome. Um, it's a it's a really fantastic page. It looks really, really good. Just really fantastic. Um, so that's really good. Uh, the sequence after that is also really good. So, and, and Holland points this out, and I mentioned it uh, a minute ago, but, um, the VR equipment, very reminiscent of the Weapon X, like training protocol stuff. And Wolverine even says, I don't like the feel of this helmet. Reminds me of something else I can't quite remember yet. Something about a bear? And so he remembers, like, um, that he was in something like this before. He hasn't quite connected it to Weapon X yet. But, um, and of course we know, you know, as, as readers, that... He doesn't figure everything out right now. Some of the mental blocks have come off, but he's still got a long way to go before Origin when he remembers like everything. Um, but yeah, he fights these digital VR bad guys, and um, he actually says, uh, uh, Refugees from a Dire Straits video. And I'm glad he's, that, that Hama made Wolverine say that. That's exactly what they look like. They look like the little construction workers who are, you know, Gotta move that color TV. Um, gotta move that refrigerator. Um, 
So I'm glad that he made the joke, because if he didn't, I was going to. Um, <laughs> but still, it's, it's pretty cool. Kubert uh, does a good job with the, the digital art inside the art, because Wolverine looks great. It was just like a really good video game. I mean, Kubert style. So, um, aw, Kubert. Andy Kubert and Kubert. Makes more sense if you write it down, I guess. Probably just sounds like I'm saying the same word over and over again. I'm referring to the little orange hoppy guy that hops around the, the disco pyramid. Um, well, yeah. Uh, Kubert really, the art in this book, he just kills it. But, um, let's see. We get some more pages of Wolverine just going nuts. It looks great. He howls. It looks great. Um, he looks great on his motorcycle. Uh, he gets into the bar. Um, they make a joke about dead musicians. <laughs> well, Mystique is the blonde. is looking over the jukebox and she says, What of Patsy Cline, Buddy Holly, Otis Redding, and Stevie Ray Vaughan have in common? And Wolverine very coldly says, If all women waited for the bus, they would have got to where they were going. Um, and there's a lot of wordplay, a lot of kind of snazzy, witty repertoire. Um, you know, because uh, Mystique says, is that Zen? And Wolverine's like, yeah, that was then, and this is now. Not for much longer. Dance with me. Um, so there's, you know, the, kind of that, that word play back and forth uh, that Hama likes to do. Um, there's a really interesting part when uh, Mystique, as Jean, comes back to the room, and Wolverine's like, no, just be, be yourself. I've had my fill of illusion lately. Um really interesting, you know, because he's kind of figuring out that he has all these, like, fake memories, and he's like, I don't, I don't want to mess with, like, fake stuff right now. Just be, be real mystique. We're good. Um, yeah, so I know, I guess it makes sense, because Pierce is in league with Spiral, and he built LCD. I guess I didn't really put two and two together that she definitely had some Spiral body part, I'm sorry, Spiral body shop parts in her, but that definitely comes into the story as it almost becomes like a homing beacon for Spiral's activity throughout the next couple of chapters, um, but they definitely mention it here. So if that hadn't been mentioned yet, it's not necessarily a retcon, because it makes sense, right? I mean, Pierce built her, he would have had access to it, so either they said it and I just forgot, or they're mentioning it here so it can play into the story, but um, either way, I mean, it makes sense. Um... You know, the only disappointing part about the end... Oh, wait. I love when they fly off the jet. So there's that, that cool cover. Uh, I forget exactly which number it was, but during the original Albert and LCD story where they literally, like, impale Wolverine with the stealth, like on the nose of the cockpit. And on that cover, Albert is, is on top of the cockpit on the outside. So now when they fly away, he resumes his position atop the atop the cockpit instead of getting in the plane so it's like and that's his official way to fly is just sitting on top of the plane um so that's kind of funny and then you know spiral hears her name and is able to detect it she's been hunting mystique down so she teleports in but i'm a little disappointed that wolverine didn't have to say spiral three times <laughs> But man, that last page by Andy Kubert of Spiral, it's a full page spread. Uh, Wolverine drops his cigar on the floor, and then behind the cigar is just Spiral, like, crouched 
with her swords and knives out and her arms all like ready to fight. It's a great, great page. So this issue, man, the art's really good. The story's really fun. It's a really nice setup. Um, really quite enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Fantastic art. It's a really fun comic. Um, I'm going to give Wolverine 51 6 out of 6 claws. So that's going to take us to 52. Um, a little bit different. Uh, Mark Silvestri is back on the pencils. Everything else is the same. And the cover is also by Silvestri and Dan Green. And this cover has like an electric dominatrix, kind of like a monster, wraithy looking. Um, and she has Mystique in a chokehold. Spiral is slicing her gut. And Wolverine is jumping behind her with claws extended. It's a, it's another really good cover. It's, it's quite fun. Quite nice. So, um, in this one, uh, Spiral declares the motel room a cardinal time nexus. Um, a plasma wraith, that's the, uh, the mummy S&M creature from the cover, uh, comes from the crunch at the end of time. So, the concept is time begins with a big bang. And it ends with a crunch. Kind of the idea of a uh, entropy, right? Like it all blows out and then slowly collapses back on itself. So they, they're calling that at the end, the final collapse is the crunch. Uh, which, you know, names our series the crunch conundrum. Um, so after they cut it, they cut the, the, the plasma wraith up. It kind of bleeds light everywhere, or plasma energy. And uh, then after some talking, Spyro takes Wolverine and Mystique to the end of time. Uh, Jubilee goes back to the motel room. Uh, she's going to tell Wolverine off. Um, but instead she finds Mojo. Uh, meanwhile, Albert, LCD, and Hunter go to Canada and find the Weapon X facility that was abandoned. And they find a skeleton with adamantium claws. That's kind of our mystery, right? Um... So it's good to have Silvestri back. I enjoyed Kubert, but Silvestri is equally as enjoyable. The art is fantastic. I am not really into this story. I love Hammer Time, but this particular chapter did not do a lot for me. Um, oh, by the way, it's called, uh, part two is called Citadel at the End of Time. Citadel at the End of Time. <laughs> no, the art's really good. There's lots of cool stuff with the Wraith. Uh, that Silvestri does. Um, the spiral looks really good. I mean, there's a funny moment where Jubilee, like, is about to get blasted by plasma. She bends over to, to tie her rollerblade and just misses her. Like, there's some funny little moments. It's not terrible. A lot of the time stuff is just kind of... A word I'm going to use a lot when I talk about the next issue kind of nonsensey. <laughs> like, I appreciate the Hammond's like making up his own concepts and putting them into practice, and that's cool. Um, there's visually a really cool scene where they go, they travel to the end of time, and they get, like, sliced by these light rays, and then turn into, like, goop, and then get sucked into a wormhole and, like, spit out, almost like drops of rain or paint. And then they kind of form back and ooze back into their bodies. Like, I cannot stress enough, the art looks great. It's a great looking book. I just found myself really kind of not that interested in it story-wise. Um, yeah, 
Um, but the mystery of the end is interesting, right? It looks like what is supposed to obviously be Wolverine's skeleton. Uh, of course, we know there's time travel involved already. So that kind of gives us a hint of what might be coming. Um, but yeah, I, I predicted I would have less and less to say as we went. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of all I really have to say about number 52. Um, man, the, the story kind of drags it down, but the art is so good. I think I'm just going to split it in the middle and give Wolverine 52 3 out of 6 claws. So that's going to take us to 53. Now, this is the same credits as 52, I do believe. Oh, well, so if we have some inking assist by Varda and Jansen. Oh, and colors are by Rosa, Rosas Tinsley and Chavins. So, so a little bit different book, and it looks a little bit different. Um, our cover, though, is Sylvester in green again. We have Time, Space, and Mojo 2. And we have Mojo holding Wolverine up by his shirt. And his gross fingernails are kind of pulling through the shirt. Um, it's not a bad cover. Uh, I'm not a Mojo fan, but Sylvester's Mojo looks fine. Um, yeah, this one. Oh, boy. Um, a lot of kind of timey-wimey space-time continuum nonsense. Um, Wolverine, Mystique, and Spiral literally ride his motorcycle, like, through time. Um, in space, and there's this citadel at the end of time. They find out that Mojo's behind all this. He's trying to prevent the crunch, or at least film it for Mojo Vision, but if there's no crunch, then that erases the Big Bang, so then time and existence just goes away. So Wolverine's like, well, so to save the world, we have to let it end? And Spiral's like, exactly. And they kind of continue, they fight some more race, Mojo takes Jubilee prisoner, um, you know, says, if you agree to be my slave, I'll spare them. And she's like, no way! Um, you know, Albert and LCD confirm the skeleton belongs to Wolverine. Um, more timey-wimey. They figure out that, like, they need the, there's a cruise missile in the stealth jet. And somehow, they need that missile to blow up Mojo. I don't know why they need that missile. But they do. Um, so Mystique and Spiral, see, they go back in time to Albert and LCD to get the missile. And then Spiral is able to send the missile back to the end of time of Wolverine. And he rides the missile. <laughs> kind of like um, uh, oh, Dr. Strangelove, right? Um he rides the missile into Mojo. Um, Mystique and Spiral back in the present. You know, the, the side effect is they gradually forget the future. So at first they know it's Wolverine's skeleton, but then they gradually forget what's going on. And the skeleton disappears as time kind of resets itself. Um, and Wolverine continues to, to ride the missile, but Jubilee gets on the, the magic time machine motorcycle and rides by the missile and pulls Wolverine off in the nick of time as it blows up. And then they get dispersed back through time. Wolverine goes to a card game at the Baxter Building, a poker game, with uh, The Thing, Nick Fury, Gambit, and Beast. A very X-heavy poker game. Um, 
And Mr. Fantastic says, hey, you got a phone call. And it's Jubilee. She's calling from a Japanese prison because she landed with his motorcycle and did not have the proper documentation or an import duty or anything. Um, so, yeah. We'll come back to that in a couple issues. <laughs> Side note, a 54 is kind of an out-of-time guest spot. Uh Hammett and Sylvester both take a break for that one. But, um, yeah, Wolverine, you know, says, okay, well, I guess I better come get you, uh, from this Japanese prison, and that's, that's the end. Um, the art is, again, beautiful. Sylvester does just amazing, amazing work, um, with, with all of it. Um, looks really, really good. The book looks amazing. I really, if I was kind of starting to get lost or disinterested in the story in 52. I'm really pretty much completely there by 53. It's just kind of silly nonsense. And it's not it's not terrible writing. It's not bad. It's just I found it hard to stay engaged. Which is a weird thing to say. Because Ham is usually a super engaging writer. Um, but I don't know. I just wasn't I wasn't into it. Um... But the art's really cool. I mean, even the silly stuff looks good. Like, Sylvester having them ride the motorcycle through, like, crumbling time looks cool. Wolverine riding the missile, as silly as it sounds, looks pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's just, it's great, great art. Um, I just, I'm, I, I got lost on the story. I really found it hard to focus on it. Um... And maybe that's just me, and that's fine. But, you know, I, I am the one talking about it for now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Part of me wants to say this is two out of six claws. Part of me says the art is really, really good, so I should probably leave it at three. Um, hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't like it as much as 52. But, man, I hate... I hate to give a book that looks this good two out of six claws. That's hard. That's a hard sell. Um, huh. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to though. Cause I just I didn't like it as much. Uh, no, you know, no three out of six is three. It's I don't know. Whatever you guys decide. <laughs> Cop out. Um. But yeah, that's the Crunch Conundrum. Started off super interesting. Maybe because there wasn't actually that much of the story in part one. <laughs> like part one was so much set up and so much different stuff. And it's really almost a different story than part two and three. And I loved it. Um, parts two and three... It's just silly. I will say this. Um... You know, we'll talk maybe more about this later. Uh, we have Half Sylvester's departure coming up in a couple episodes. Um, so we'll talk about some of the correlation I see between his art and his early Cyberforce stuff. Um, you know, but one thing we'll see pretty early on, though, and I'm not sure if John has talked about this issue on all the pouches or not. I'm a few episodes behind. But, um... I know he had just started uh, um, uh, Strike Force 
which is uh, the striker character from Cyberforce, his like side team. Um, pretty early, I don't remember exactly what issue, but pretty early, there's an issue of that where uh, my favorite character is Strike Force. He was basically kind of a, a cross between Wolverine and the Thing, and Puck. He's like those three mixed together. His name's Anvil. He's like a big. He's not big. He's a stout but really short. Um, just a guy with like black metallic skin. And he chops cigars and he has a bad attitude. You get the picture, right? Uh, but there's a cover and a story pretty early in that series. I want to say within like the first four or five issues, if I remember right, where he, well, they pretty much straight up homage. Um, the image from Doctor Strange of, I think, the the movie poster, maybe? I'm trying to remember. Um, but he, like, rides the, the, the A-Bob like a bucking Bronco on the cover. Um, so it's just interesting that, you know, Sylvester draws it here and then not, you know, within a short couple of years, draws a similar uh, image in, in his image books. Uh, image too many times there. Um, but by the way, just a little plug, if you're not listening to All the Pouches with Mr. John Wilson, uh, go do it. It's a great, great show. Like, all his podcasts are great. Um, but yeah, I don't really know if I have much else to say. It's going to be a short episode. Um, you know, right out the, right at the half hour mark. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sylvester continues to nail it. Ham is still is having fun. I mean, the scripting is still fine. The plot on this is just a little... It, it felt kind of fillery and silly and... I don't know. That doesn't have to be bad. And I've seen, I've seen it where that can work really well. It just didn't work for me as much this time. So, anyway, that's Crunch Conundrum. There you go. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about... It'll probably be just me one more time because I'm trying to get everything straightened out schedule-wise. Um, we'll talk about the first time Wolverine meets Shatterstar, so that'll be next. Um, we do have new comics, but still probably several weeks away because uh, the X books are barely coming out yet. Um, so still probably several weeks before I get uh, Georgie and Dan from the Scowl Bros back on for new issues. Um, but looking forward to that. That actually may time out pretty good to be the anniversary show this year, so we'll see. I think kicking off back into new comics would be a great way to celebrate the anniversary. So, we'll see how that if that, if that pans out. Um, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a bad set of comics to talk about. There was some interesting stuff to, to talk about. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, so yeah, Shatterstar next. And then after that, uh, Sylvester's Last Story. Which, the plan right now is to get Mr. Wilson back on for that one. Um, I'm trying to, trying to iron out the dates for that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. So, as always, for the podcast that goes snicked, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. So, until next time, everyone, stay safe, stay well. Um, hopefully if you're in an area where, where COVID starting to, to, to spike back up a little bit, I, I hope that you are taking precautions and staying well. Um, and for those of you participating in Black Lives Matters protest or, or 
just talking about it on social media or Pride Month. I know that the podcast that Ghost Nick is firmly in your corner uh, supporting those issues. Um, but, you know, whether you're at, at demonstrations or protests or, or whatever, exercising a very important voice. I would also just caution, you know, stay safe, right? Um, you know, wear your mask if you can. And, you know, just, just be well out there, guys. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's going to do it. So, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>